Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Inside Sources. Inside Sources with Boyd Matheson. Except it's not Boyd Matheson. It's me, Leah Murray, and my good friend Taylor Morgan. Thank you for joining us. Taylor, your favorite. So you just told everyone that Scott Mitchell was your hero. He was a hero of mine um, growing up. No, I think as he walked out, you said, you are my personal hero. I felt like that was a current, <laughs> present tense statement that you made. I was a little excited. You were Leah. very excited. Yeah. But I think another hero you have is Elon Musk, isn't it? What? No. Yes. No. No. I, okay. You're setting us up for a fun debate here at the end of the program as opposed uh, to a nice boyd matheson monologue but you, which right. listeners usually get <laughs> so listeners uh who typically tune in this time of day to ksl news radio enjoy listening to the illustrious boyd matheson rise above most debates and fights and find that common ground and find miraculous ways to get along right. and see each other's opinion and leah you and I are friends. We're not that good at that. <laughs> but I, I think our uh, our debates, if you will, tend to get a little more feisty, he- a little more f- uh, heated, if you will. Yeah. And I think that's good and healthy because not everybody can elevate the conversation. We are not all as, Matheson. That's that right. is correct. And if I am going to survive this holiday season, a gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me, and this is the point where I thought. I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. With family dinners and with the in-laws, I need to be able to fight but still be friends and family and, and move on in a fun way. That's right. Right? I think we can do that. Yeah, no, I think we do it very well. Okay, so moving on from uh, your attack. It was not an attack. I feel like it was an observation of empirical truth that you are a fan of Elon Musk. I I am a fan of what Elon Musk is doing with Twitter. Which is elevating hate speech. Okay, well, we will get to it, Leah. (laughs) Um, 
So Elon Musk, look, I don't think he wanted to buy Twitter. I think he <laughs> was trying to desperately trying to get out of having to follow through so on his offer think? to buy Twitter. Pause. So you think he was kind of watching what was happening on Twitter, as all of us kind of were, and being worried about these big social media spaces and the amount of deplatforming and demonetizing that was happening. And so he's watching that. So it wasn't that he wanted to buy it. Maybe he's just trying to... Honestly, I think Elon Musk is the world's best troll. Okay? <laughs> he okay. saw an opportunity uh, to make his voice heard in a different way and to draw attention to something that he personally cared about when we talk about uh, free speech, when we talk about private enterprise, when we talk about capitalism and the American zeitgeist of political and cultural rhetoric, right? right? Elon Musk saw an opportunity and he seized that opportunity in a very Elon Musk way, uh, which is ultimately trolling liberals like you on Twitter. And, and you're all mad. You all threatened to leave. But Leah, you're still on Twitter, aren't you? I'm still on Twitter. You cannot correct. look away from Elon Musk. Except and what I'm he's... not a follower of Elon Musk. So unlike you, I haven't voted in his cute little polls and I haven't given him my opinion. And my goodness, I would never at Elon Musk because if you do, that's how you get deplatformed. I call that uh, responsiveness, Leah. <laughs> and as a political science professor, I can't believe you are admitting to not participating in a public poll of it's that It's not kind. a public poll. It's an Elon Musk. Hey, okay. tell me your opinion. Okay. Well, look here. Which really you would quickly, never use to inform your lobbying Before form. Before I cede the floor to you and we have to put up with whatever progressive agenda you're going to, <laughs> to line out, I just want to make the point that Twitter is a private company. That is correct. It is not a public forum. It is a private business that is privately owned, and uh, you know what? Elon Musk can do whatever he would like with his private company, and I respect that because I'm a good American, and I'm a capitalist and a Republican, and ultimately, at the end of the day, we can't cancel everything, Leah. We shouldn't cancel everything, but I, as a good consumer, also an American and a fan of capitalism. But you're also a Yankees fan, so there's an asterisk. I don't know what that means. They're the best team in baseball. What are you talking okay, about? just move on. Keep Sorry, going. Sorry, we'll just move on. But anyway, so I can choose to not be on a platform who has as its CEO someone who deliberately elevates hate speech, who thinks it'd be more fun if all of us were being as mean as we possibly could be to each other, which may be protected by the First Amendment as you roll your eyes at me, but it absolutely (laughs) is not good for society or for those lovely dinners you said you wanted to have over the holiday season because your family maybe reads this stuff on Twitter, doesn't understand that maybe it's trolling, maybe it's even a Russian bot, whatever's going on in there, come into your dinner party and attack you with whatever uncredited right source of information that they are using that Twitter is no longer regulating except I think if Elon Musk doesn't like it so now what you have is a situation is it's a private industry you're absolutely right he gets to do whatever he wants but what he's doing is bad for the country how is it you bad? should leave it how is it bad because for the country? it elevates anger and vitriol rather than reasoned and dispassionate discourse but is that any different from before e- Elon owned Twitter how Look, I, I want to give you some credit no, I think here. That's a fair let, let me play yeah, Boyd Matheson here. We <laughs> do have some some information that does indicate that this type of rhetoric has increased recently Absolutely. under Elon's ownership. That being said, I think we need to see that with you know with a grain of salt because of the canceling 
that was rampant before Elon took over. So is Except this- that previous, so I think that's a fair question, but yeah. previous there was a kind of set of rules that you signed up for. My understanding, I've been reading um, people following this, is now the rules seem to be a little less clear and it's a little more authoritarian. Whatever the king wants, he gets. And if he doesn't pay attention to you, he doesn't do anything about it. Yeah. So a little bit, I'm not sure it isn't worse. Does that make sense, Taylor? Yeah. Like, so before I might have been annoyed by stuff, but at least there was a rhyme or reason to who was being deplatformed, which um, posts were being you know, um, given a sensitive warning and that. Okay. Well, again, look, I, I find it funny that – you know, the <laughs> Republicans, right? yeah. the MAGA crowd all made a big stink and were outraged when Donald Trump was banned from Twitter and many of them left. Right. Right. Now, now that Donald Trump is back on Twitter, which right. which kills Truth Social, by the way, which is probably a good thing. Okay? OK. But now that he's back and many of his ardent supporters are back, uh, now the liberals are threatening to leave. But you're all still around. Because you want to be a part of that forum in the conversation. This is, I think, a key question about social media in yeah. today's day and age. We all see social media as a public forum and a pum- public venue, but that's not what they are. No, right? they're private the, businesses. They're, they're right. private platforms that seek to build capital. Right. Right. If you want to have a fight in a public space, go down to your library and yell at someone. Right. Okay? I think, Twitter right. is a private place. And look, I I want to be sensitive to this one point, Leah, because you and I have been talking about this off air and we fight about this often. Right. And you made the excellent point that, Taylor, you're not the target of the hate speech. Right. That is true. I am a middle class, straight, white, uh, you know, religious male in Utah, in America. I'm not the target of hate speech on Twitter. But at the same time, I see value in having the crazy in public so we all can see it for what it right. is. Right. No, and Taylor, you made that kind of good point. I didn't mean to say kind of. You made that good point. Thank you. <laughs> Let thank me you. not make that passive. Um, off air as well, right? Like, And the idea of a free marketplace of ideas is that you confront the bad actors, right? They air their silly and you get to actually confront it. Um, but the concern is, I don't know that everyone knows it's a silly. So when former President Trump goes on Twitter, as he did this weekend, and said we should, like, terminate the Constitution, then my concern is what percentage of his followers now actually think that's a good thing to do, right? And, and I, I would argue that letting him say that on Twitter and the rest of us seeing how insane that is, uh, look, I believe more in America to think that that one statement can hurt us more than, you know. All right. I hope so. I hope so. Thank you for joining us, listeners. Tune in tomorrow here for more Inside Sources, 1 to 3 p.m. on KSL News Radio. Salt Lake City. Listen on any smart speaker and in your car at 102.7 FM. KSL News Radio, Utah's all day companion for news. Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids 
doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.